Today's Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. I'm your host, Dory DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, that breaking those myths that mompreneurs and business women, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that we're just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done, we're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life. And I'm looking forward to introducing today's guest to you. Roxanne is the founder and chief executive officer of Roxanne Chapeau Limited. She is an inspirational speaker, spiritual guide, energy healer, shaman, and life and love coach who guides individuals in physical, emotional, energetic, and spiritual transition to create incredible change within their lives. In essence, her mission is to guide, heal, love, awaken, inspire, ignite energetic passion, and empower amazingness within one's own self by guiding her clients to their purest energetic form. And I love that. I really do. So with that being said, Roxanne, welcome to Word of Mom Radio. Thank you for having me, Dory. Super excited to be here. It's exciting to share you because I really like what you are doing. And I would love for you to take us on your journey that led you to realize that you were meant to heal and guide others. Yeah, absolutely. So ever since I was a little girl, I had this incredible knowingness inside of me that I was just meant to serve others at kind of a greater caliber. I knew that I was meant to impact the world. I just didn't really fully understand what that was going to be when I was a child. And I remember asking, you know, family and friends, like, does this resonate with you? Like, do you have like this burning sensation in your belly and throughout your body that you're just meant to do something so great? And they're like, oh yeah, like I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to, I'm like, oh, that's great. But that's not what, that's not what I mean. (laughs) And then I would describe it a little bit more and they'd be like, oh no, like, I, I don't, I don't know what that is. Like, I don't, I don't have that feeling. And so, yeah, I just, I had this knowingness since I was a little girl and kind of going through life, I was always attracted to energy. Energy was always attracted to me. I always was very um, compassionate, empathetic person. People would always come to me for guidance, uh, for support, for love, for kind of like, almost like energetic nourishment. Like even when I was a little girl, adults would come to me and they would, you know, they kind of give me their problems being a child and like not my parents per se, but like just like other adults that I was surrounded by. So it was just really distinct and really interesting that all these people kind of came along my path. And my mom would always say like, why aren't you like a psychologist or a counselor? And I'm like, that just, that just doesn't sit right with me. That just doesn't feel what I'm meant to do. Like, that's not what it is. I'm not sure what it is, but I know it's not that. And uh, going through life, I went through some tumultuous, unhealthy relationships to a very, very unhealthy marriage uh, where I had left with my three beautiful children, being a single mom. And nearly after I left the first couple of years, I had four near-death experiences. And those 
those were really kind of the aha moments and the awakenings that kind of befell me. I knew that I wasn't living in alignment with who I was meant to be. I was just doing what everybody told me I should or what I felt that I should do in that regard, like working the nine to five and not feeling unfulfilled and all those things. Like I just felt like I was doing what I was supposed to be doing and not really what my fault, like my soul was calling me to do. So after my last near death experience was kind of like the final awakening period where I was like, I've been doing this my entire life. I've been guiding, I've been coaching, I've been healing others. I've been, you know, supporting others my entire life. Why am I not doing this at a greater scale? Like, why am I not helping the world? And that's kind of how I got into the work um, about like for the life and the love coaching And then funny after that, once I had that realization about six months later, I had this beautiful, I'm indigenous, so I'm Métis, so I'm French and uh, native. It's It's a French and native culture here in Canada and we're called Métis. And I'm Métis and I had this beautiful indigenous woman come to me in my dream for almost four months straight. And she was sitting by this ravine and there was teepees behind her and there was like it was just like beautiful forest. It was very rich, very beautiful. And she was standing in front of the ravine with the teepees beside her. And she kept chanting me this song, extending her arms out to me. And it was such a beautiful melody. I had never heard it in my entire life. So I started humming it every day because I was like, it was stuck in my mind. It was stuck in my soul. And it was funny because I met with this beautiful spiritual guide who was like an elder shaman in in like the community of the Métis community. And he's like, she's calling you to the land. She's calling you to come and heal and to become the healer. She's asking you to follow your roots and to follow your generational path. Like it's time to come and heal others. And I was like, wow. Like as soon as I, I acknowledged that the dreams had stopped, the melody stayed and the melody was, it's a healing song. It's actually like a healing traditional song. However, it's not the exact way that they had sang it. It was like, almost like it was geared and like specific to me. So it was just such an incredible experience. And then after that, I knew I went on this incredible healing journey for myself to make sure that I was able to do this and embark on this journey. And sure enough, that's kind of how I landed into the shamanism and to the energetic world and healing other people's energy. What a fascinating reason to have that happen. And for someone to come to you in visions for months to guide you to where you're going, that's so remarkable. It really is. You know, we spoke before this, and you talked about the cellular level. Mm-hmm. How does someone heal at that level? Exactly. So this is like the interesting thing in that we're not exactly taught in today's society. However, shamanism has been around for over 100,000 years. It's traditional healing. It's tribal healing. It's not religious. It's actual. They used to be known as medicine doctors, energy doctors. That was that was their title. And that just all became titled or, you know, under the umbrella of being a shaman. So when we're healing and, you know, physical healing, like our body is able to physically heal itself. Like we are able to heal from a wound. We're able to heal from a broken bone. Our body has the capacity to heal itself. And so does our soul. So what happens is that when we are healing 
in these stages of our being, we have usually four stages of our being. So we have the physical, the emotional, kind of the mental, and then we have the spiritual. When we're only healing one or two aspects of these things, we're not actually affecting deep cellular healing. We're not healing at a cellular level. And that's why these things continue to arise and continue to surface throughout our life. So that to me is why cellular healing and healing at every modality of the body is the most important thing because without that, it's ineffective. And as great as counseling and all these methodologies are great and these strategies are great for people, they don't, I've never met anyone my entire life and I've worked in a cancer center for 13 years with psychologists, master social workers, neuropsychologists. I never once saw one client be fully healed. They had the tools in order how to help facilitate them forward. However, I never saw effective healing. And I always, always questioned that. So this is in order to have that is to actually go to the cellular route. You know, most people call it the cellular, but I like to make up my own terminology because it is cellular. It's at the soul level. It's at the energetic level and heal the disruptions and the imprints that are lying in our energetic field. So interesting. And I think it's a great word. I yeah. really do. Because, well, you know, we talk all the time about things going soul deep, you know, and, and love and wounds, all different. You know, there's so, it's a myriad of emotions and things that can hit you on that cellular level. So I think it's a fabulous word. I really yeah. Do. Yeah. And I refer to myself as a soulpreneur. I am not an entrepreneur. I'm not a mompreneur. I'm a soulpreneur. Yeah. Now it's going to, what's the difference for you? <laughs> You know, and I just think that when we're operating at a soul level and we're operating from our actual instinctual part of our being opposed to just our logical sense, I think that what that's what makes us like such an incredible person and allows our gifts to be shared with the world and have a greater impact when we're operating at a cellular level opposed to just, you know, the physical. You know, for me, I, I've been a mompreneur since 1994, so I you know, have always embraced it. And now I have grandchildren. So I get to do it all over again with a whole new generation. But I really <laughs> love the idea of being a solopreneur because I don't know, I, I do everything based on joy and love and just wanting to share other people's gifts and giving women a voice. It's why we began Word of Mom Radio. Yeah. Because I knew what it was to have people say to you, when are you going to quit this and get a real job? And not support what you're doing and not encourage, you know, unless you come from a family of entrepreneurs, unless you come from that background, people look at you like you're crazy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? And you would think that the people, you know, your family and your friends would be your biggest supporters. And a lot of times they're your deepest naysayers. And that's one of the reasons, like I said, that I started, we're in our 10th year now. And wow. now starting our 11th. And so it has gone that deep and that long to give women a voice. So you mentioned being a mom. Mm -hmm. So for you, how do you look at parenting and what is your goal as a mom? <laughs> what a great question. Uh, for me, parenting is... I have a very different view than a lot of people. And this is probably because I'm more, I operate more in the soulful aspect of my being. However, I do believe that 
us being parents and, you know, for myself, having that connection to my spiritual guides and my animal guides, I understand what my role is as a parent. I understand the soul contract that I brought into the world. And as much as we love our children, we don't own our children and we don't own their journey. And essentially, my perspective as being a mother is that I am here to guide them. I am here to guide them to ensure they understand right from wrong in order to protect them. However, their journey is their journey to own and whatever they need to do in order to flourish in their life is what they need to do. All I care about is that they are a good human being and they are connected to their soul. What they do with their life is just the added bonus if they can serve others on the scale that I am or on a scale that really, you know, suits their soul. So for me, being a parent is not about owning my children and owning the outcome of my children is about giving them the proper tools and the proper guidance in order for them to make great decisions for their life and to just be really good human beings. Because I don't care if my kids are CEOs or doctors, even though like my, my oldest son wants to be a doctor, like I don't care if he is or not. I just care at the end of the day that he's a good person and that he's serving humanity. You know, I think back to my son one time saying, you know, what do you want me to be when I grow up? And I said, you really want to know? And he said, uh-oh. <laughs> Happy? I said, if you want to be a guitarist, I hope you're the greatest guitarist you could possibly be. If you want to clean streets, I hope that you love cleaning streets for other people. Whatever you do, I just want it to bring joy into your life. Yeah. It was always about that. And, and always about, you know, I remember saying to the same son, where I was like, you know what? I'm your mom. Nobody's yeah. going to love you like I do. I will stand by you. I will support your decisions. I'll respect those decisions, even if it wasn't the one I wanted to see you make. Exactly. Just excuse me with a friend, because I'm not your friend. I'm your mom. Exactly. And there we are, are the mother, and we are there to set the boundaries, and we are there to teach them what life is. That is the point of a guide. And we are their guides, and we are their spiritual guides. And it's really important that we're able to navigate and help facilitate and help support their path through life. And I think, you know, just looking at my children, like I just care that they're good people. I just care that they have good morals, they have good values and that they understand beauty and love more than superficial materialistic things. And that is the goal of me being a parent is that I don't care what grades you get in school. You tried your hardest, that's what I care about. You're trying for your life, that's what I care about. I don't care if you get an A plus, if you get a D and you really tried your hardest, I will honor that. I will honor that because you gave it your all. You know, it's interesting because your logo are the wings. And <laughs> I said that to my kids, I was like, my job is to give you wings. The yeah. way you fly, you know, anybody can fly beautifully when everything was fine. Yeah. But when you fly into that storm, um, then you'll see how strong the wings mommy gave you really are because you have to fly your way back out. I can't fly for you. Yeah. And I think that's our goal is to, you know, we don't have, we don't have control on what, on, on which direction they're going to fly. That is not in our control and that never should have been in our control. And this whole, you know, I find there's just so so much more in like the modern world that we control our children and we have like this control over our children and where, which direction they go and which, which kind of like person they can be and what kind of, you know, career path they can choose and 
all these other things that we put this pressure on our child, but really all we need to do is, like you said, give them these beautiful, strong wings so that they're able to weather any storm. And when you have a good set of core values, values and principles and morals, it's really hard to forget that throughout your life because this is something that is instilled in you and healthily instilled in you. On that note, think about what Roxanne just said, and we'll be back in just a moment here on Word of Mom Radio. Hi. This is Charlotte Felcher with a tip from my book, Kid Fun, 401 Easy Ideas for Play. Boy, it's really hot out these days. And a great thing to do for kids, especially kids who don't have access to a pool, is to have them paint with water. Give them a bucket with clean water and clean paintbrushes. Send them outside and they can paint everything. They can paint furniture, the stairway, the railing, toys. They could actually clean their toys, bring them outside, and they could paint you or each other. Painting with water is really fun and a very easy way to be creative. For activities and more information about my book, please visit www.kidfunandmore.com. She is brave. She is strong. She is you. Because you're that woman who's got a product or a service that you're looking to promote or you're out there seeking to support other women in business to help women learn, network, and build the businesses of their dreams, because when you win, we win. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some... The inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404 or go to nosuchthingasabully.com. Don't let the name fool you because stadiumbags.com has a line of clear bags that enable you to use your phone and your smart devices without removing them from your bag. Not only that, but the product is so good it'll stand up to the cleaning solvents that you need to use now to make sure that when you come home, you come home safely. So take a look at stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we're your clear choice because safety it's in the bag. And we're back on Word of Mom Radio. We are talking with Roxanne Chapeau. I am so loving this conversation. And I have to ask, with those near-death experiences that you had, was that how you found your first awakening? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of had a bit of a slight awakening when I had my daughter. That's when I realized that my marriage, what was I teaching her? What was I teaching her? Because I thought that I was supposed to, you know, get married, have a job, buy a house. Like I was meant to do those things in life. And when I had my daughter, I was like, what am I teaching her? Why am I allowing her to think that a woman should be treated this way or that a woman, you know, like just in all regards and even for my boys to be able to witness that and to be able to think that that was okay, that that was okay to way to treat their mother or treat their spouse or their partner. And that was kind of a slight awakening for me. However, when I went off the cliff, 
um, we had driven off a cliff was the first near-death experience. And um, my life flashed before my eyes and they didn't understand how we didn't die on impact. And it's funny because I had an angel hanging, a crystal angel hanging from my rear view mirror. And the only thing that wasn't damaged in the entire crash was uh, the driver, myself and my angel in my rear view mirror. And at that moment, I knew right then and there, it shook me to my core. And I realized like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I am not even, I say that I'm happy and I say, yeah, everything's good. Everything's good. Everything's fine. Cause I'm a positive person. However, really in the depth of my soul, I'm freaking miserable. Like I'm miserable. Like I don't really love this job. I don't really love where my life is going. Like this is not the path that I intended to set out for myself. And that's kind of where things kind of started shifting. So how have you discovered enlightened love, not only for yourself, but for other people? Yeah. And I think going on my own personal journey and my own self-mastery journey, I really, really, I sat with myself and I did a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-awareness. I did a lot of self-work and I can't even tell you to the extent, um, just like a lot of nights, a lot of days, just sitting there and thinking about and feeling and just kind of quieting a bit the mind of like the negative self-talk and just allowing, you know, myself to sit with my soul and see what my soul was telling me. Like if, you know, if my soul can speak, what, what is it saying to me? If my heart can speak, what is it saying to me? And I think when I did that, it really was more of just like such like a beautiful connection and interconnection within me that it just flourished me. It just allowed me, you know, it almost gave me the nourishment in order to be able to just flourish into like this incredible person that I am today. And that took a lot of work, a lot of self-work, a lot of, a lot of inner reflection, a lot of, you know, debunking conformity and debunking the conditioning that kind of had befallen me throughout the years of my life. How can you find that in another person when you, you know, find that within yourself? How do you attract the other people? I think like speaking to the enlightened love journey is just realizing that we are all divine beings. We are all here in divinity. We are all, we are not meant to be here on this earth to judge each other, to hurt each other, or to, you know, like just disregard each other or compare ourselves to each other. We are really here to help nourish each other, find peace, find interconnection and find love with each other. That is a human being's nature amongst other human beings. And I think that when we look at us being divine creatures and realizing that we don't hold the power over anyone else and that non-forgiveness really just holds us back and it doesn't allow us to rationalize or understand that other people are human and we all make mistakes and to be judged on one mistake or two mistakes in your life, like, that's terrible. That's terrible for us to do. Like we are not somebody else's judge. We are not the judge of the world. We are not the judge of somebody else's actions. We are here to be united and to be, you know, each other's brothers and sisters and have that unity and not have everything kind of tear us apart. So when we talk about enlightened love, it's important to love everyone as divine beings. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a gift. Just because something happened to you doesn't mean that that person is less of a person because something happened to you. We all have divinity within us. Some people are a little bit more lost than others. However, that's when we show compassion and we show that empathy that you're, you can, you know, rise to be your highest self. You can be a better person. You don't have to, you know, base your life and base 
your value on something that you did when you were 18 or when you were 25 or when you're 30, when you're 60. I love that. How do you use universal law to learn reciprocity? Yeah, so I think it's so important with the universal laws. And when we talk about the guiding principles of the law of attraction, and I feel like this is kind of like a mirage in a way, like law of attraction is such a hot topic. However, a lot of people don't understand that it's not just the law of attraction. In conjunction with the law of attraction, there are 12 guiding universal laws. And those laws all have to kind of be working together in collaboration in order for the law of attraction to properly manifest the things that we want and to have the reciprocity that we are looking for and that we are seeking. So when we are asking for something from the universe, yet in the back of our mind, we don't think that we deserve it. You know, let's just talk about financial abundance. If we are asking to, you know, get to the six, seven figure mark in our, in our entrepreneurship, and yet in the back of our mind, we're saying, I don't deserve that. I can't see myself being successful that way. I don't deserve that kind of money. How is that going to come about? And we're creating all this negative self-talks that are just slight thoughts that come within our mind. We are now creating that resistance into the universe. So when we have like the law of correspondence, the law of action, where we're actually taking the action in order to follow what we want in the law of attraction, law of correspondence, law of vibration, when you're using all these multifaceted laws in order to, you know, mainstream the law of attraction, that is when we are able to embody and embrace the actual thing that we are seeking and that we're trying to manifest into our life. And I hear a lot of people like, oh, I thought of this, but it came this way and it didn't come the way I thought it was going to or it came like in a negative way. I'm like, that's because you created resistance around it. And when we create resistance around something, the universe is like, hey, you asked for resistance. So I'm going to give you a little bit of resistance with what you're asking for. It's just, it's just like energy. If you're, if you're in a negative energy, you're going to dispel and you're going to, you're going to absorb negative energy. And if you're a positive energy and you're, dispersing positive energy you're going to absorb positive energy it's the same thing with the law of attraction you know like it's the exact same thing so what we're putting out we also need to make sure what we're putting out is consistent and that we feel is attainable and sustainable and that we actually believe that we're able to acquire it what a great way to end this conversation Roxanne what would you like to leave our listeners with I'd love to leave everyone with that. You are absolutely amazing and you have something so brilliant and so beautiful inside of you. And I hope that everyone listens to what is like what your soul is calling you to do and that you should like shine your light on the world and just make this world a more beautiful place because we need all the light workers <laughs> we can have at, at this moment in life and in the world. How can people reach out to you, Roxanne? Absolutely. So they can contact me through my website at www.roxannechaput.com and any of my social media handles under that name. I really, truly hope that people reach out because I think this is such an important message. I really do. You know, the, I, I put up a post not too long ago that said, view your life with kind sight. And instead of looking back and beating yourself up, look at the lessons you've learned. Look at the knowledge that you've gained. You know, people say you win or you lose. You win or you learn. You win or you learn. There's no such thing as failure. Exactly. And yeah. I, the more people that are sharing this message, 
the more people that put forth this wonderful energy, now more than ever, we need this positive energy, this positive love and light going out in the world. So I thank you for what you are doing. I hope people reach out. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your joy. I greatly appreciate it. And for all of you tuning in, thanks so much for being here. We're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So till next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure. She is-